Welcome to Marxist Voice, bringing you ideas and analysis from Socialist Appeal, the Marxist voice of labour and youth. For regular updates, subscribe to our podcast through SoundCloud, iTunes or any major podcast provider or visit www.socialist.net. Hello and welcome to Marxist Voice. My name's Adam Booth and I'm the editor of Socialist.net. And tonight we're very lucky to have with us Rob Sewell, the editor of Socialist Appeal, uh, the Marxist voice of Labour and Youth. And Rob is a specialist, I would say, in the world economy and Marxist economics. And he's going to be talking to us tonight about the crisis uh, going on globally that's been triggered by the coronavirus pandemic. Um, So let me just bring in Rob here. Rob, you okay there? You can hear me? Yeah, fine. fine. Excellent, excellent. So you're in self-isolation, we're here in self-isolation as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Just to let everyone know, this is a live broadcast. um, And if you want to get in touch, uh, check us out on the social media over here. Um, and you know, let, give us your messages, give us uh, your thoughts, and we might even be able to take some questions towards the end. Um, so, Rob, talking today about the global economic crisis, can you explain uh, to our listeners, to our watchers, just about the scale of this crisis? How big is it, really, in, in your opinion? Well. I would say that uh, it hasn't got any parallels. Um, I remember the crisis, uh, for instance, of 1973-74, which was triggered by the quadrupling of oil prices. Again, that actually is a trigger for the underlying developing crisis of world capitalism. Uh, It was the first simultaneous crisis since the Second World War. Therefore, it was a big turning point. Even then, the, the scale was quite uh, quite shallow. You're talking about perhaps a, a one what, half of half percent fall in growth, which had enormous consequences internationally for capitalism. It entered a new phase in that sense. Mass unemployment uh, developed. Um, of course, then you had different crises from there, usually on a 10-year interval. Well, 1981 crisis, 1990, 2000. And then we came on to the the 2008 economic crisis, which was characterized as the biggest crisis since the 1930s. Um, But I would say that the the crisis we had entered on, the slump that we were just about to enter, and is gripping the world, is going to be on a a greater magnitude than even that, because of the scope. I mean, what we're talking about now is, is Unlike, well, in the last 20, 30 years, you've had an increase in what they call globalization and intensification of world trade, the unification of all aspects of the world economy in in a grip. And, of course, uh, this integration means that uh, you have not just uh, um, world integration, you have the possibility then of of world slump, world crisis, which will be more magnified than ever before. And that's what we've got. We're going to really paid the the price for this and uh, I think the scope will be far greater than 1929-33 and possibly the the depression and and that's what we're looking at at the moment. This is just the beginning, the opening shots 
And um, if this is uh, if this can lead to a trade war, which is entirely possible, then we can enter a depression, and all that will mean for the working class internationally, and for the capitalist system for that matter. So I think it's uh, the scope is far greater, far bigger than anything that we've experienced uh, ever before. So Rob, you talked there about the idea of this turning into a depression. I've seen quite a few bourgeois commentators uh, talking about the idea that this could be a V-shaped uh, economic uh, recession. In other words, you know, hoping that this will be a, perm a temporary phenomenon basically accompanying the pandemic and that once the pandemic has passed in a, in a few months or a year or however long uh, it might take that when production uh, is able to start up again, that there'll be some enormous boom, some even saying, you know, this could be like the post-war boom and uh, they'll suddenly recover and things will go back to so-called normal times. Um, what, what do you think about that? Is this going to be a V-shaped recovery, as they call it? Yes, well, uh, I think you have to take these ideas with a pinch of salt. If you remember in 2008, they made the same kind of predictions. This is going to be a short uh, slump and that they would recover and then they would get back to normality. Uh, in Britain, they told me about, uh, yes, we are to have this uh, period of um, austerity, but it's only going to last two years. Then it was going to last three years. And now, basically, it's become a permanent feature because we haven't recovered fully from the 2008 crisis, let alone the, you know, return to normality. And uh, this idea that somehow there's going to be a quick fix. Well, first of all, it's not tied directly to the, the uh, pandemic. Of course, that compounds the problems of, of world capitalism. There's no, there's no doubt about that. But, uh, you know, the world economy was slowing down much, much, much earlier than the pandemic. And that the world economy was heading for the slump. It, all, all it required was some kind of event to, to set it off. And this was the pandemic, which, which was the, uh, the trigger. And, um, you know, this, the, the depth, well, you know, we saw, I think it was yesterday, we had these figures from the Deutsche Bank, which said that the Chinese economy in the first quarter of this year is likely to shrink by, well, it said nearly 32%. This is just, you know, off the, off the radar. Um, I saw you know, figures uh, very recently, I think months, months, well, a few weeks ago, I think it was about three, four weeks ago, Talking about well, the Chinese economy they can have a bit of a dip. You know, it's likely to shrink possibly by minus two percent or minus four percent. We're talking about thirty-two percent. This is incredible. Also, the United States, the Deutsche Bank said again, these are figures which are projections, and they could even underestimate the situation. But they're talking about the the U.S. economy in the second quarter of this year um, falling. GDP for GDP falling by 12.9%, 13%. This is again, it's the biggest contraction, uh, you know, for 80 years. It's an incredible uh, uh, collapse. And I, th I think we can just, uh, you know, uh, turn the taps on and hopefully this will just uh, solve the problems. There's deep underlying problems here, which is due to the capitalist system itself. Not, it's not a cyclical crisis uh, in which, you know, um, you know, a boom and slump, which is always going to be with us. But what we have here is an, orga an organic crisis of, of capitalism. It's an inherent crisis of capitalism, which, which means that the system has reached its limits. It's exhausted itself. It's, uh, it's the productive capacity it's created is too much 
for the market to sustain. And even in, in periods of like boom, um, then they can only use 80% of capacity. And when there's a slump, you're talking about 60, 70% of capacity being used. It shows that capitalism has outlived itself. It's not even to develop the productive forces any longer. It's just destroying the productive forces. That's the, that's the point about this crisis. And um, uh, therefore, it's not a, a simple cyclical thing. Things are going to rebound, you know, uh, very quickly. Uh, what's likely to, well, you know, they talked, as I said, they talked about this in 2008 and it didn't turn out that way. The normality never came. There was a new normality of continuous austerity and low rates of growth that they've never experienced before. And this is likely to be compounded uh, now. So you know, rather than a V-shape, it's more like you're saying an L-shape, you know, that, uh, you know that, that's, that doesn't mean to say there cannot be any you know, brief uh, respites. That's not to say that. But uh, nevertheless, uh, the general uh, trajectory is, is downwards. And uh, therefore, the idea of a, of a quick recovery, is, in my opinion, is off the cards. It's hope. It's, it's, it's uh, hope against hope, as they always try and... Uh, you know, beef up things in order to try and, you know, restore confidence in the market and confidence. And the, the thing is that confidence is based on the reality. And, and there's a crashing uh, 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 climate there of, you know, falling demand, falling supply, crashing profits, everything you can expect in, it, in an economic slump, but multiplied up to a hundredfold. And um, therefore, the idea is going to be, you know, quick uh, reversal. Is I don't believe is the case, but... Um, we had this this this, this um, situation in 1929-33 where you had a deep economic slump. That was quite clear. Mass unemployment returning. But it wasn't the slump that caused the depression. The depression in the United States and worldwide was caused by uh, policies introduced by the U.S. administration, bigger than labor policies, um, which brought in tariff for walls against uh, its competitors. And um, it resulted in a trade war, and that trade war resulted in a collapse in world trade, um, rock bottom levels, and, and they couldn't get out of it. It took the world Second World War in order to uh, get get out of that economic crisis. And I think there's there's very strong parallel parallels because, particularly with Trump in the White House, we've already had the uh, the glimmerings of world uh, uh, trade war now with the, with the Trump's uh, uh, declared uh, war against. Uh, Europe and of China, and uh, the way he's behaving, because he's his, his policy is America first policy, and therefore they could easily, uh, uh, as they've done recently, they've taken unilateral decisions, and he's done those kind of uh, things off his own bat without telling the Europeans he's closing air traffic or air, air, air flights to Europe and so on and so forth. He could take take a dangerous uh, um, path by um, a tit for tat, if you like. Um, uh, um, uh, uh, attacks against uh, different uh, um, countries on the basis of, tr- of, of trade or of uh, currency depreciation. That's another factor. So I think there is a very, very dangerous uh, epoch for, for capitalism. Is it? And this is not going to be a quick uh, fix, uh, however they'd like it to be. They pour in trillions and trillions of dollars into it, but this could be trillions down the drain, really. Well, yeah, Rob, you're, gonna... you're, you're talking over there about the, these trillions that they're pumping into the economy. Um, is this uh, the main kind of response from policymakers, from governments? Like, what, what, what's the rationale behind this? Why are they pumping all this money into the economy? Yes, well, obviously in 2008, they did a similar thing where they bailed out the banks, 
spending trillions to, to, to rescue the capitalist system. Um, and that was a natural reaction. We also reduced interest rates to, uh, to rock bottom levels. They were about 5% and they reduced them practically to zero. And they introduced this quantitative easing, pouring money into the banks in order to try and put it seep down and, and uh, you know, stabilize the situation. Um, the problem they've done is they've run out of ammunition insofar as that, that the interest rates were kept artificially low for the last 10 years. Rather than restoring them, they kept them artificially low in order to prevent the slump developing. So they, the longer they put off this slump, the deeper it's going to come. That's the, 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 that's the lesson that we, we have to, to learn. Uh, so interest rates, although they now cut them to what in America 0.1%, in Britain 0.1%, it's probably negative interest rates in Europe. They can't do that any, anymore. It's, 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 a, it's a busted flush. And therefore, the only other t- thing they can try, I mean, I mean, because the world debt has never been higher than the present uh, moment. But they're, they're desperate. They're, they're panicking. Talk about uh, Trotsky's phrase, the toboggan to, towards uh, disaster with their eyes closed. They're desperate to try anything because they, they, they're, 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 they're trying, to, trying to, in some way, alleviate. They can't solve this problem. They're trying to alleviate it. And therefore, you've got this whole series of central banks, you know, um, uh, talking about a whole number of uh, features of, of uh, pouring money into the system, uh, buying up uh, uh, you know, government bonds, in other words, creating money for governments to spend as much as they possibly can as a way out of this particular uh, dilemma. Uh, the only problem is it's not simply a question of, of spending. The whole, whole of, the, of the system is seized up. Um, and uh, even if you have money, you know, they are t- the British are talking, the British government are taking this, and apparently this 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 decision to um, pay people who are uh, forced to you know, to, uh, to self-isolate um, up to 80% of their wages and so on and so forth, which is uh, what you call extreme Keynesianism, as you like. The problem is where are they going to spend this money? They're not going to go abroad. They're not going to go down the pub. All these things are shut. They're gonna, it's it's a blind alley in Africa, but they're desperate to try something out and try, try to um, rescue the system. The system. So... Uh, um, Rob, I'm just going to try and pull up um, some uh, some figures here, if I can get them on the screen. Uh, apologies to the viewers. Uh, here we are. Um, this is uh, some figures we've got from... Um, uh, you might not be able to see them, Rob, uh, at your end. Um, but basically, I've got some figures here from uh, Quartz uh, magazine. Uh, the title is Investors are Bracing for an Epidemic of Government Borrowing. And the article talks about how actually government bond yields are going up because uh, basically there's you know, all this money being pumped into the system. And uh, obviously, someone's got to be buying up this debt. And uh, at the same time, all these investors that have been parking their cash in these bonds in the past as a safe haven, now they're flooding out of the uh, out of the government bond market, looking for to just put their money in cash, basically, and getting searching for liquidity. And the figures they give for the amount of money going in is is quite astonishing. Um, it's uh, in Germany, uh, it's four trillion dollars, equivalent to fifteen percent of GDP. In Spain, a trillion dollars, uh, also equivalent to fifteen percent of GDP. In the UK, three trillion dollars. I think it's uh, uh, you know something like that. Thirteen point eight percent of uh, GDP. 
So there's some astounding amounts of uh, money going in there. The US, uh, yeah, something like 5% of GDP there. Um, and, uh, you know, where is where is all this money going? You, you, you kind of hinted at it earlier saying, well, some of it is going to be used to kind of pay for workers' wages um, and uh, those who, who aren't earning because of sick uh, leave, you know, having to self-isolate. But where, where, where is the rest of this money going? Is it all on the wages? Are the workers uh, going to see the benefit of this? Well, no, I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, I mean, uh, they, first of all, in, in 2008, they, they had to bail out the banks. And there's going to be a financial crisis, by the way. We, we had a, they're talking about, um, obviously, a, a collapse in demand because of this virus. But there's huge knock-on effects from this. For instance, um, uh, I saw uh, uh, yesterday that the... Um, uh, credit card companies were in big trouble that um, there's big falls on their share prices because they're expecting um, a massive default on the on on, the cre on credit cards. And as we know, this will have a it's just a, a ripple effect throughout the entire economy. I mean, you talk in about in it was mentioned in the United States by the uh, was it the second the, the Treasury uh, Secretary uh, last week that there's a possibility that. Uh, Something like 20% of the population and our working population in the United States will be unemployed. When you consider that in, in 2008, it was 10%. You're talking about double at least. In other words, the whole scale of this operation is just, it's, it's uh, and this is, got, this is the, how it unfolds is going to be a, a, quite a remarkable story. So they, so they can see the, what's coming and they're, att they're attempting to, to flood the, the market. Trying to get governments to borrow, well, they're not on any block on government borrowing. That's going to be that's going to go through the roof. Um, in as a desperate measure in order to try and alleviate the situation. But it's simple that it's not well. It is as parallels with the quantitative easing, isn't it? I mean, this is what we're talking about: the shoveling money for the, for the banking system through through governments and so on and so forth to try and uh, you know prop, keep prop up demand and, and and keep the system going. But um, quantitative easing didn't really work, and uh, that was the whole point. Uh, and they had to keep it. It was supposed to be a short-term uh, uh, measure from 2008-2009. It went on to 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Eventually, the, the system couldn't get off it. In other words, they were they were like like a drug, if you like. They were forced to to keep the system going by pumping money into the system, which was then used by in speculative ways in order to boost uh, the stock market. So over the last 11 years, you had a huge increase in the stock markets everywhere, which doesn't correspond to economic reality, but it corresponds to the amount of money being pumped into the system. So it's not, you know, they can pump as much as they want in, whether it whether will restore this, uh, this um, the imbalance of, of a rotten economic system is clearly not going to be the case, but they're desperate to do something of that, that nature. What else can they do? What else, what else have they got available to them? But not, nothing else. So, um, and I think they'll be taking each you know, this announcement day after day after day with new announcements. What they're going to do they, uh, again? If they're trying to catch up with the situation, which is which is just slipping out of their, their hands altogether, and therefore this uh, an attempt to um, placate the the, uh, the situation by this wall of finance. Well, I think you know you know banking collapses, all sorts of things are going to happen in, in the next uh, uh, period. Well, it's interesting, um, Rob, it's interesting you say that because I've just got another article up here from uh, The Guardian and the headline is coronavirus credit crunch could make 2008 look like child's play. 
and they talk about um, the shutdown of, of all these industries going on the high street, um, the the airlines obviously that are being uh, you, know, uh, you know hit very hard and are saying they might close down by the end of May even uh, in terms of running out of cash because of the lack of uh, air travel and so forth. Uh, the rise in unemployment to 20% uh, in America and um, basically, yeah, just a, a, a kind of financial contagion, if you like, to, to accompany this um, uh, this uh, virus or contagion as well. And um, what do you what do you think about that? Is 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 this something that we can foresee this uh, this idea of a, uh, a kind of credit crunch of of bad debts kind of? Uh, you know, um, one bad debt after another falling like a, a load of dominoes and setting off this kind of financial contagion through the system? Yes, of course. It is, it's all interconnected. The, the, the banking, the financial system is the heart throb of your capitalism. And it's con- directly connected to, you know, uh, market developments, the expansion of trade and all, all the rest. All these different facets are all interlinked. And um, once one uh, link is, is, is taken out of the equation, the whole thing, it's, it's like a, a chain reaction. And um, that's what they, they kind of control. You know, it's, you know, capitalism is not a system whereby you just simply turn on a tap of money and everything runs, runs uh, you know, smoothly. You deal with laws, the laws of capitalism, yeah? the question of, of, of profitability, question of exploitation of the working class, of trade. Uh, realization of, of profits and so on. So all this has been been put into jeopardy, with one 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 place after another. So it's it's going to com- it's going to throw back, if you like, and uh, into the financial system. Whereas before it was like it, uh, in two thousand eight began in the financial system, and then it carried on into the uh, the real co- economy. Now you've got a collapsing of the real economy, which have a which have a blowback into the financial system itself. And and yes, the, the rise in unemployment will be quite uh, astronomical. You know, we thought it was ten percent. 2008, 15-20% is entirely possible and um, if they throw all this at it, what, they, what they're doing is preparing an absolute calamity once again for the future because this is not uh, free money, Funny, money is not free, it's not like a free lunch, that uh, this law has to be paid back and uh, clearly you're going to have, if this is going to be the, the case, you'll have decades if capitalism is able to uh, survive that long decades of terrible uh, austerity facing the working class huge cuts huge uh, uh, you know uh, 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 tax on the working class as a product of this and therefore this this uh, is the most turbulent period we've ever entered not just economically but socially politically everything has been turned on its head and it's a reflection of the underlying crisis of the capitalist system itself which is insoluble they cannot solve this crisis of capitalism uh, well, it's an organic crisis yeah yeah, we've um, Rob. Just to let you know, we've got a few people asking some questions um, uh, yeah. relating to this actually, um, and uh, I think a couple of them have already kind of been answered by you. Uh, we've got Victoria from Britain asking about the government's uh, announcement that they're going to cover some of the wages. I think uh, you you just mentioned that, and the the, the fact that this is going to be you know building up the debt to pay for this and then that'll uh, be austerity in the future for the working class. Um, Lee in Britain as well um, asks about the low interest rates um, and whether that implies that all other measures have been exhausted. I think I think you've uh, talked about that as well. But then this question here I think is interesting um, and be interested to hear your thoughts. 
Uh, Camille says, how far do you think bourgeois governments will be willing or perhaps forced to fall back on the state to cope with the crisis? And he means in terms of nationalizations, requisitions. Do you think uh, governments will, will go down that path? And, and are they already even? Yes, yes. I think that's entirely... Well, if the market is collapsing and the market economy cannot solve these problems, there has to be more state intervention. That's why the, the governments are taking this, these, these unprecedented uh, measures. Look at the Bank of England, low interest rate. It's the lowest interest rate in Britain for 325 uh, uh, years. It's incredible. There'll be a lot of records broken in this period. There's been uh, um, basically an attempt to... Well, look at the railways are going to go bankrupt. There's, there's all, a whole series of industries, which are basic industries, are, are hovering on bankruptcy, and the state will be forced to, to intervene, to prop them up, to take them over, and to, and to try and, and try and make them, uh, to try and rescue them, in effect, as they did in, in 2008. After all, the banks, certain banks in Britain were nationalised, and they were brought, brought, the state bailed them out, and as soon as they became profitable, they, they sold them back off again to, to private uh, industries. That's what they'll do. It's the capitalist state intervening, on behalf of the capitalist class, in order to try and, and use any measure they possibly can, and uh, yes, these are these are unorthodox methods. They never believed and dreamed that they were going to do this, but they've been compelled and by necessity in order to try and save save the whole system, and therefore they will take take quite drastic measures to do it. But they all come with a price. They all come with implications. This is not a smooth thing. You know they create. You solve one problem, you'll create another. You create ten problems in, in, in the coming period, and that's the way that the system. That's why they've not been able to recover. They thought they could solve the capitalist crisis. Well, why haven't they solved the two thousand eight crisis? They couldn't do it, and this is this has been therefore the, the situation now is is compounding, isn't it? That's the point. It's been more and more compounded by the by the, the inability to solve the last crisis. They've run out of ammunition. They can't lower interest rates. They're trying to fall throw more money when world debt has never been greater. I mean, it's going to be astronomical, but it's like a house of cards, you know. Once the, you know, the, the, the demands then for, for, for money, the banks will be demanding their money back and so on and so forth. It, the whole, it's going to ricochet again, once again. Uh, I mean, we had that in 2011, isn't it, 2012, where you had economic crisis worldwide, and then it became a crisis in Europe. You had a European crisis, and you had the crisis in, in Greece. That's, that's an indication which is going to happen in a, in a big way in the next period. If they give all this money, which they are, although I think the German Bundesbank is very concerned about the amount of money being promised, that they'll get all this government debt. And of course, it has to be paid back. And therefore, the only way governments can pay back uh, debt is on the basis of austerity, grow the economy, or if they can't grow the economy. That's the whole point. The economy is not going to grow. And therefore, they, the only way they can make ends meet is to cut, cut and cut again. Huge austerity measures. So. This is the epoch we're in now of, of uh, enormous austerity. Of, of, at the moment, the, their main tactic is to prop the capitalist system up, and they're prepared to do everything they can in order to do it, including if need be nationalisation. Of course, they'll give compensation, bailouts, all the rest of it. At the end of the day, who's going to pay for this crisis? And it's certainly not going to be the capitalists. It'll be the working class. And therefore, this will have, this will have revolutionary implications, actually, in the coming period. This is the, a real death agony of, of the capitalist system. And it's going to be quite revealed to many, many people that this is just uh, an insane position that, they, that, they, that they've got themselves in. And all this bluff about the, the market and you know, privatization, all the stuff they came up with in the previous period is just going to be laughed at. 
And therefore, the, the ideas of, of socialism, the ideas of planning, planning, planned economy, will have a greater residence amongst the uh, residence rather amongst the uh, the working class in, in this country and internationally. Okay, well, that, that brings us on then to the final question from uh, the viewers at home. Um, and it's uh, Henry gives us greetings from the US and he says, what should comrades read to better understand the situation? Have you got any uh, recommendations other than socialist appeal, obviously? <laughs> well, of course, uh, every crisis is different. That's the point about it. It's not exactly the same, but there are certain parallels. Clearly, there's going to be a greater interest now in Marxist economics as an explanation of what is the, the laws of capitalism. How does it operate? After all, it's an exploitative system. It, it, it operates on the basis of extracting surplus value from the working class. And, uh, of course, uh, profit is the unpaid labor of the working class. And that the capitalists themselves uh, uh, cut their market because the workers cannot uh, buy back the, the, the values that they produce. But the, the capitalists have always got around this by investing the um, surplus value they've extracted from the labor of the working class into more and more uh, industries and technique and, uh, and, and factories and so on, building up productive capacity. And that works. The only thing is it builds up enormous extra capacity and pulls up more commodities. So in other words, they're kicking everything down, down the line. Eventually, it becomes an economic crisis. So the, so the things you should read, yeah, wage, labor, and capital, the, uh, there's, you know, uh, value, price and profit. These are very important documents, really, to begin an, an understanding of capitalist, of, of uh, sorry, Marxist economics, and to compare then with the, uh, the the voodoo economics of capitalism, in that attempt to uh, try and find a way out, which there's no way out on a capitalist basis. So we should, yes, raise the raise the, the sights of that. Really, reading uh, Marx, if you can get, you can read Capital. Obviously, that that's uh, also a great. Uh, um, uh, insight into the development of or, or the laws of capital, laws of capitalism itself. But start from the basic uh, ideas, I, I think, and obviously on on, on uh, Marxist.com and Social Appeal, there are many articles dealing with economics, which are which are relevant now, probably more relevant now than they were when they were originally uh, written, which well, should I, give an explanation. Yeah. This is probably a good time for a plug of uh, our book, Rob, uh, Understanding yeah. Marx's Capital. Uh, it's available through well-read books uh, so go online get your copy today it's a reader's guide to, to capital uh, by both of the uh, people you currently see um, right Rob I think that's probably about all we've got time for today um, next week we're going to continue with our interviews every day um, so we'll say goodbye to Rob for now bye bye Rob cool. Ciao. <laughs> see, see you soon uh, yeah. Stay safe and healthy. Um, so just a reminder, we will be uh, having these podcasts uh, and video uh, live streams uh, regularly in this period. Uh, obviously, um, the, uh, the, the, the political activity we're able to do is, is diminished uh, in terms of physical meetings and selling our paper and uh, other things like that. Uh, putting on uh, physical meetings so we've got these interviews lined up these live streams uh, with uh, activists around the country uh, to hear their thoughts on and uh, workers who are involved on the front line as well so uh, tune in uh, next week uh, for, for more live streamed uh, YouTubes and uh, Facebook videos and on of course subscribe to our podcast Marxist Voice to find out more as well and 
before you go tonight, just a final appeal, uh, a socialist appeal, one might say, to obviously go to our website, socialist.net, and click on these three links. Uh, you can subscribe uh, to our paper, which is coming out in digital format uh, at the moment. Uh, and obviously subscribing will help support us financially through this period. But on top of that, you can, of course, donate. Uh, if you want to make a one-off donation or put, set up a regular donation for uh, helping the, the political activity, the publications of Socialist Appeal. And of course, the most important one of all, join us. Join us in the fight for socialist ideas. Thank you for tuning in to Marxist Voice, brought to you by Socialist Appeal the Marxist voice of labour and youth. Subscribe or download the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes or any major podcast provider or visit www.socialist.net for all the latest news, analysis and Marxist ideas.